that song. I don't know uh, how well you know it, uh, but uh, that last verse gets me every time. Uh, there's a Baptist preacher, you may or may not have heard of him, his name is Curtis Hudson. Uh, he uh, passed away many, many years ago from, uh, from uh, colon cancer. Um, and the last time I heard him preach, um, and I didn't see it in person or hear it in person, uh, it was uh, a video of his. But the last time I heard him preach, he got to preach, and he sang that song. It was the last time he preached. Uh, he died two weeks later. Um, and he had that song put on his tombstone. And if you think about the words, they're saying, when this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, let's talk about the tongue we're going to have in heaven as we sing a mighty power to save. Oh, goodness. What a, what a day that'll be. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're continuing on with, as we talk about prayer. We have uh, talked about prayer for the last two weeks now. Uh, and we've talked about much about the need of prayer and how we are to wrestle in prayer, and how we're to pray all the time. Um, but listen, our, the, our spiritual battles in prayer really have to come from, as I mentioned this morning, uh, if Jesus needed to pray for his spiritual, um, for his secret time alone with, with the Father, man, how much more do we need it? And Jesus, not only did he live a life that was a beautiful example of prayer, the perfect example of prayer, um, he also taught on prayer. And there are some practical things that he taught um, that will help us navigate um, that walk. It's, a, it's not easy. Uh, prayer is, is a labor. Um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know about any of you, but I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I wish it was easier than it is. Um, but it, it, it can be difficult. Uh, Satan wants to attack us. There, our flesh wants to distract us. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of these practical things here uh, this, this afternoon. Um, we're going to start in verse 5. Um, actually, I'm going to read just a couple verses. Then we're going to we'll, we'll pray and ask for God's help. And then uh, we'll go back up to verse 5. But it's, I'm going to read. I'm going to read down. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which is in, seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Father, we thank you for this day. We ask for your help. Lord, I, I am grateful that I can come boldly before you. Lord, I don't deserve it. Lord, even, even with that boldness, Lord, like we come just humbly and, and trembling. Lord, you know that... The, we have nothing to offer other than to cry, call upon the blood of our Savior. God, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'd meet with us, that your Spirit might speak to our hearts, Lord, that you might fill me with the Holy Spirit and empower me to preach your word and to teach your word. Give us understanding. Help us, O oh God, because we are a needy people. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 5, we see, we see in verse 5 and then again in verse 7, uh, a couple of dangers to avoid in prayer. Now this is in the middle of the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. There is a lot of amazing truth that Jesus brought forth 
uh, in chapters 5, 6, 7, and so on. It, man, it's, it, it would behoove us to just go verse by verse throughout uh, this section of Scripture. It's all of Scripture, really. But specifically this, that there is much for us to learn uh, and much for us to uh, apply to our lives. But specifically about prayer, we see Jesus warning about some dangers uh, for us to avoid when we pray. We see the first one in verse 5. He says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. The first danger uh, that we see here is hypocritical prayer. Now he's referencing the Pharisees, these, these, this religious uh, group of people that, that uh, were leaders in the community, leaders in the synagogue, and, and they, he says, they love to pray on the corners and the streets. They, there's a purpose behind it all. Their desire to pray isn't motiva- motivated by trying to come into the very presence of God. It isn't motivated for seeking uh, the, their needs met or for praising God or for thanking God or for anything else. Their prayers are motivated for their desire to be seen of men and to be their egos to be built up. It, it's a, it, it, the, the source of that motivation comes from pride. If you remember, Jesus talking about the Pharisee and the, the, the publican praying, and now we know that that was a, 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 a parable that he was talking about, but it was, it was just a picture of what Jesus thought of the Pharisees. Well, the publican, so the, the, the Pharisee prayed and said, I thank you that I am not like this other publican over here. Uh, I do this, and I do this, and I do this. I'm not such a bad sinner that he is. Right? It's all based upon and built upon his pride, and, 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 and it motivates him to, to be seen of others and to, to be rewarded by others. Uh, what he wants is respect. What, what he wants is other people to say, man, what a wonderful uh, just prayer that guy is. I don't know what the actual word is for prayer or the person who prays. Uh, uh, I guess I should have figured that out before I got up here. Uh, but uh, that, He's motivated by the praise of men. And so there are some symptoms that you see. He's always stepping into the spotlight. I'd like to pray. Uh, Let me pray here. Oh, I will pray for you. And not only does he pray, but he prays loudly so that everybody hears that he's praying. And he uses uh, interesting language, uh, religious language. Oh, heavenly Father. Some people just have a, uh, a tone change when they pray. When, when their voice gets uh, more spiritual and their words become more religious. Now, I'm not saying, listen, don't look at, at the, never look at the person next to you. And, it's, and when, when, when you're thinking about this, this wasn't meant for, for us to judge other people and how they pray. It's meant for us to judge how we pray. Now, so we need to look at the thoughts and intents of our heart. And what is it that we're seeking? And what is it that motivates us to pray? And he's saying, you need to beware of this type of prayer. It is hypocritical. It's, it's hypocritical because it isn't real. It's all a facade. It's, it's, it's all just to get somebody else's attention and, and build yourself up so they think you're more spiritual than you really are. But the truth is, that person who prays like that isn't really all that spiritual. 
and Jesus knew that. That's why he called them vipers and and and, and empty uh, tombs, uh, whited tombs. Right? He 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 didn't think much of the Pharisaical, hypocritical uh, person. And listen, there are Christians that have the same problem. Uh, and and it, again, it all comes from that source of pride. But what does God think about pride? It isn't on his list of things he likes. It is on a list. I believe it's in Proverbs. It says there's, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination to him. And the very first one is a proud look. So, so we need to understand that this isn't just a, not a smart way to pray. This is something that God detests, that God, that God hates. Now, uh, so, so this is the, the danger we need to avoid. Uh, again, it sources pride. And look what it's, the result of that kind of prayer is. It's mentioned there in Scripture. That, that they've already received their reward. What, what is their reward? I mean, that guy's a good prayer. Or pray maker, or prayer worker. I don't know what you call it. They, they, they receive the reward of men. The pat on the back. They're, they're, they're inflated ego. Listen, they don't even need somebody to come up and tell them that they're, that they're good at praying. They just know other people think that, so it gets bigger. They've received their reward. But you know what comes with that as a result of you've heard them and I've heard them and, or somebody else heard us? You know what the result of is? Man, I got my reward here. I'm not going to get a reward from up there. The, the result isn't just an inflated ego, but an unmet prayer request. And, and, and listen, this is a this could be a danger uh, uh, to any single one of us, because the truth is, when you get asked to pray in church, you don't want people to think that you're not good at praying. If you, if it's asked in public, or hey, could you ask, could you uh, could you uh, pray for the meal, or could you pray for this, or could you pray for that? There's a danger in saying, of course, they, of course, they asked me to pray. Now, if we come at it with the right spirit and the right heart, there'll be humility there. But we still, if we're thinking about the words that we're using, if we're thinking about more about how other people think about what we're saying, we need to be very careful. Because the more we think about what they're saying, the more we're not saying but what they're thinking, the less we're thinking about the Father who we're praying to. And listen, our focus is not to be the people that are around us. Now, and there are times when public prayer is a necessity. There, there are times when corporate prayer is called for. And listen, I, 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 praise, I praise God for corporate prayer. I thank God when we come in on Wednesdays and, and, and I'll ask somebody to pray. And they don't, and I'm not saying that anybody in our church, I'm not calling on anybody. If the Spirit speaks to you, let the Spirit speak to you. I'm not saying, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody because I'm not trying to offend somebody. I preach, the, I preach the word and let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work. But I thank God when people will pray. Hey, hey, listen, I'm, I, I understand some people are just afraid to pray, hey, afraid of what other other people might think. But when you, when that's your your mind and your heart, and listen, I'm not. I'm just trying to encourage you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Our prayers aren't for one another. Now, listen, it can encourage one of us that we're praying for the same thing. You pray for me, that can be an encouragement for me. But you're not praying to me, and you should, and, 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 and we shouldn't be praying for the purpose to be heard of other men so that even that they can be encouraged. I know of preachers that will pray at the end of their message and they've prayed the points of their message. I, I, and honestly, I've, I've found myself a couple of times doing the same thing or trying to fit in the last point that I forgot to, I forgot to preach. And I don't do it intentionally, right? But, 
my mind shouldn't be on the message I just preached. My mind should be on the God who I'm praying to because I, you hearing me talk to God doesn't change your heart. The Spirit of God changes your heart. So that's the danger and that's the reward. The other one we have here, the other danger, and, and we are to avoid that. And any one of us can fall into that, by the way. Any one of us can fall, uh, fall into it. And in a moment, I'm going to tell you how we can grow to avoid that. The second way is this, or the second danger is this, heathenistic prayer. We find it in verse 7. But when you pray, use not vain repetition. And I say call it heathenistic because Jesus did, as the heathen do. For they think that by that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Verse 8 says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, but for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So here he's saying, listen, don't pray like the heathen do, uh, using vain repetition. So we have to we have to qualify what vain repetition is. Vain, vain here doesn't mean vanity or pride. It's talking about worthless. Uh, it's this idea of using worthless words and and throw just saying saying the same thing over and over and over again as 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 a repetition, right? Uh, there are certain prayers that people. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, my Lord, the soul. The... Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be. The... Listen, beautiful prayer. The model prayer given to us. Much for, much for us to learn there. But unless you're truly praying that from your heart, what is that? A vain repetition. Catholics have this rosary. I'm not trying to beat on anybody, but Catholics have a rosary bead. And they have certain prayers that go with every bead. And they say the prayer. They, they, and if, you, if you pray this prayer so many times and say, hey, you're helmet, that what is that? A vain repetition. It doesn't do anything. Do you know what God wants? He wants us to talk to him. He says, in fact, he says, that's what he says there in verse, uh, it, uh, he says there in verse 7, he says, but when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Some people think the longer I speak, the more God's going to hear. And I'll say, you'll say, but what about the importunate prayer that you were talking about earlier? The, the just keep knocking and just keep asking. Well, Jesus teaches us to do that, and that's different. Because you truly have a desire for God to save your neighbor. So you're going to the Lord saying, God, please, please, please. Lord, it's, they're on my heart. Save this person. And then later on the day, they're, they're, they come to your mind like, God, please, please, oh Lord, please, send somebody. Send me. Lord, give me an opportunity. And then later, the, the next day, in your morning prayers, you're praying and, and God brings that person back. That's importunate prayer. That's the prayer of the woman who was going and, and talking to the, the unjust judge about her son, the other parable that Jesus used to teach this the same truth. It's, that's the importunate prayer. It's that continuous asking, continuous going to and asking the same request. But it's not vain. You're praying it because, man, you want it. That's the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person that avails much. That's the one that, that, that God hears. And listen, it may take a week. It may take... A month, it could take 60 years. You say, God wouldn't want me to pray for 60 years over something. Don't test them. <laughs> I, the reason I say that is because, uh, as I written told you this morning about George Mueller, in, in George Mueller's uh, 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 autobiography, it talks of two men that he prayed for. 
be prayed for from the, from the beginning of his ministry uh, till his death. Sixty years. The week before he died, one of those men got saved. The week after he died, the other one got saved. God answered his prayer, and he was faithful to pray to the very end. He never stopped lifting those two names before the Lord, saying, God, please save them. It was never a vain repetition. He trusted that God would do it. He saw God do so many things, but God just said, keep asking. Keep asking. Why? Listen, God desires for us to pray. We don't know how God is working. We don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. Just keep praying. But again, that's not the vain repetition. Vain repetition means empty words. Just repeating things over and over and over again just to say that I prayed. How many times do you, do you bow your head and pray the same words you've prayed every other time? Lord, thank you for the meal. Bless the day. Ever done that? I have. I catch my kids do it all the time. It's like, okay, I gotta stop and teach my kids how to pray again. Because that's and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw my kids in the bus that are doing what I taught them to do. But we do that. When we pray for something, sometimes it's just the same prayer. There's no heart behind it. It can happen when we're going down through our prayer list. If there's no real desire for God to answer those prayer requests. I'm not saying lists are bad. They're good to help remind us to what to pray for sometimes. But it's all in our spirit. Right in our, in what our motivation is. So 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 Jesus said, uh, "Be wary of that. Don't do that. That's a danger that we are to avoid." In fact, in verse eight it says, "Be not ye therefore like unto them, for listen, your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him." We have a God who is all knowing and already knows your needs. Yes, He wants you to ask Him, but you don't have to make these vain speeches to get Him to. It reminds me of Elijah on the mountain. You remember, you remember the, the, the prophets of Baal? They, they cut themselves, they prayed, they beat themselves, they did all kinds of different things, they bled all over the place, all vainly. Why was it vain? Two reasons. One, they were praying to, to an idol that had ears that couldn't hear. Two, they were praying words. <laughs> vain, they were doing vain things, they are just worthless things, they are worthless words. Sometimes we do the same thing. And that's what God is warning us about. And this danger in, prayer, in praying. We have a God who already knows our needs. We don't need to, to make it a long, drawn-out prayer so that everybody listens. And sometimes, sometimes our prayers are both hedonistic and hypocritical. You pray for 15 minutes just to hear yourself pray. Or so everybody else hears you pray. That's, that's both of them. Both problems at the same time. And guess what? God doesn't answer either one of those types of prayers. It certainly doesn't answer when you combine them together. So what's the answer? What do we do? How, how do we learn not to do these things? Well, the answer is to cultivate a life of secret prayer. It's, it's not to pray in public to be heard by others. It's not to just to, to make these, these vain repetitions, but it's, to, it's to every day. It's, 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 it's practical. It's getting on your knees or getting in your chair, closing yourself in the closet. We're going to get here in a look at the verses here in a minute. But every single day, you're, listen, we can pray, pray in here, and, but if the only time you ever pray in here is that the only time you pray, God doesn't hear that prayer. God hears you when you pray here, built upon the foundation of your secret prayer life at home. 
again, I talked about this last uh, last uh, last week, I think it was, um, when when Nehemiah went before the king, says he prayed. Now he prayed quick. He was right in front of the king. I'm sure he didn't say, "Oh, Father." Yeah, it, was, it wasn't religious. It wasn't long. It wasn't drawn out. I don't even think the king knew he prayed. He just said, "Lord, help." But it was all based upon four months of begging God to do something over the wall in Jerusalem, the lack of a wall in Jerusalem. So we need to cultivate a life of consistent, secret prayer. Now, if you would, let me look at verse six again. He told us what not to do in verse 5 and verse 7. But here, he tells us what to do. But thou, first of all, we talked about consistency. He says, when thou prayest. You know, Jesus assumed that his disciples would pray. It wasn't an if. He says, when you do this. When Jesus talks, when the, the Pharisees come to Jesus one day and they ask him, and says, "Why don't you teach your disciples to fast?" Fasting has to do with prayer. He says, "John, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, by the way. This isn't exactly how it goes. John does it with his disciples. He says, "I'm here. They have no need to fast. But when the Son of Man is gone, then they will." In fact, later on in in in, in Scripture, uh, it talks in the New Testament. It talks about. Um, uh, when we fast, husbands and wives are, uh, in First Corinthians chapter 7, it talks about uh, the husband's body being belonging to the wife, the wife's body belonging to the husband. Talk about marital relations between husband and wife. And so, uh, that they shouldn't withhold each other, from, re- re- withhold that from one another, unless for a time of prayer and fasting. They expected the people of God to pray and to fast. It's so, so Jesus expected us to pray, and listen, not not a, a just once in a while when we want something or when we need something or when we're we're asking for somebody else, but a consistent prayer life. You look back to the old. You look at you look at Jesus, and Jesus was consistent. Uh, we uh, we. Uh, we talked about, uh, we will in a moment, uh, how we went apart. And uh, we talked this morning about how we went apart. But he was always going away and being by himself and, and praying. Uh, you look back in the Old Testament, David talks about David praying in the morning, at night, sometimes all night long. Daniel prayed three times a day. Uh, we need a consistent time of prayer. Say, but I don't have any time. Make the time. I'm just going to be brutally honest with you. If you don't carve that time out of your day, you will not have it. There will always be a reason. There will always be an excuse that, that, that comes up in your life. And listen, if you've got kids, I get it. Uh, we've got kids. It's hard. My kids are up before I am. Uh, and, and, and I like to go to bed early now. I didn't used to do that. That was a result of COVID, maybe. I don't know. It's a good thing. I'm going to bed around 9 o'clock now. Uh, but, but, it's, uh, you know, it, it, but you've got to carve out that time, or you won't have it. So we need that consistent time. It says, when, when you pray. Uh, here, here's the first thing. The first, uh, uh, there are three essential things to cultivate a life of prayer. Number one, enter into thy closet. Seclude yourself. You know how difficult it is to, to really get a hold and come into the very presence of God in the midst of a large group of people or, or with others around or the busyness of this world? It's nearly impossible. 
Jesus told the disciples, when you pray, go into your closet. What is a closet? Uh, It could be a small room. It could be out for Jesus. It was out in the wilderness, sometimes up on a mountain. I'm not saying you have to go hike a mountain to go pray, but find a place where there's nobody else around because there will always be something that somebody needs from you. It, 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 could, it could be it could be uh, uh, your kid. It could be your wife. It could be it could be somebody calling you on the phone. Listen, as a, as a pastor, my phone rings all the time. Sometimes it's somebody in the church that that wants me to pray about something. Sometimes it's they just want to talk, about, and that's okay. I'm not trying to. Not, if you need me, call me. In fact, call me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If I'm if I hear the phone, I promise I'll answer it. If I'm sleeping, unless it's my prayer time. When I say seclude yourself, I don't mean just lock yourself in a room or get away. Some, for some of you, this might be the bathroom where you can lock the door so, so the kids and the dog and the husband or the wife can't come in. But find a place where you can be secluded. Shut off the phone because it'll ring. It'll, 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 there'll be some kind of ding or, or dong or bleep or whatever it does when, when you get a notification. Even the weather alerts. I gotta take off my stupid watch because I'll sit there and it'll buzz on my wrists. And out of habit, look, I really need to know that it was warm and breezy outside. Channel 5. We need to seclude ourselves because Satan will throw those distractions. Because do you know how hard it is to come into the presence of God when you got things coming at you from every direction? We need to seclude ourselves from 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 distractions, from from the, the, the news, from everything. Just set yourself aside. Uh, we, we don't have to read the verses because, because of what we read them this morning. But Matthew 14, 23, we see that uh, that Jesus got away, went away from others. Uh, well, we'll go ahead and look at that one because it's right here. Luke 14, or Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verse 23 says this, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Notice that apart part. He got away from everybody. He got away from others. He got away from the world. And listen, he even at times got away from the responsibility of ministering to others. Uh, there, there, there are times, and, and listen, this is the most important time of your day. If you're a child of God, uh, uh, this is the most important time where you can come into the, remember, the, the holiest of holies. Back in the, back in the, the days of the, 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 the temple, uh, you, could, you couldn't enter into the holiest of holies. You could come to the outer part, but the priest was the only one. You are now a, a priest, amen? You can now come into, through the, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, enter into the very presence of God, the holiest of holies, the throne room of grace. You can talk to God. We have that opportunity, but you have to seclude yourself from everything else. This is just practical teaching, right? Because if you don't do it, you're not going to pray, or you're going to get distracted, or something else is going to happen. Today, I was I was sitting back there with just sitting in the seat in front of me, and I was looking for a verse. I was doing something, just transferring my notes from in my Bible because I wrote them on the side. They're really hard to read, and I wanted to put them on paper so I could so I could actually see it. And I'm transferring notes, and there's a verse that comes to my mind, and I was going to look it up, and I picked up my phone, and you know what happened? I got a message from Amanda about being a lion. 
uh, 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 for the lion tamer James back there because of the circus theme BBS. And the first thing I did, you know what I did? I started looking up gifts because I'm the I'm the gift guy in in the thing about the uh, little cats pretend like they're lions and. I was looking for a verse. Like, well, that's nothing. It's distraction. And we're, there's nothing worse than trying to talk to somebody and, then, and having somebody else go, hey, 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 daddy, 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 daddy. I'm looking at Hannah right now because this is what she does all the time. It's not good to interrupt people, right? She knows this. We've had this conversation before. I'm not trying to embarrass her. It's, all kids do it at some point or another, but but there's nothing worse than trying to hold that conversation, hearing daddy, 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 what? <laughs> Try praying that way. Ding. Ring, ring, ring. Oh, wow. Biden's doing what? It doesn't matter who's, who it is. Well, the, 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 the idea is seclude yourself. Get away from everything. Turn off everything. Make sure you have a time where you spend where you're alone with God. The first key to, to cultivating that life is having that place. Find your place. Do you have a place? If you don't have one, find one designated. Uh, that movie War Room that came out not too long ago was a, a great picture of uh, they, uh, the, she was taught the, the woman teaching her how to pray she got saved. Uh, they got saved. Uh, she literally went and got a closet and she sat on the floor and she put her prayer request up. Listen, if that's what you need to do, then do it. But have a place that you can go and you can be alone with God that nobody will disturb you. You say, well, I can't. You don't know my life. i got too much stuff to do. Too much ministering. And listen, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Actually, we'll talk about it now. This is something I need to do better as a husband for my wife. Ever felt like a Martha? Watching Mary? If you remember remember the account, Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha's upset. Now, there was a lot of service that needed to be done. And sometimes... Mary, sometimes Martha just, she could choose the better, but the stuff still needs to be done. And there's just this growing list as a, as a parent with, with, with kids or, or whether it's work, whatever it is. Listen, as, as a husband, I need to be better coming home and, or finding whatever time my wife needs and taking over the responsibilities so that she can have that special time. So she can, she didn't have to lock herself in the bathroom and plug her ears. I don't know that that's actually what she does. She actually gets up before anybody else does. She has to get up at 4.30 in the morning to do that. I'm not up that early. But I certainly should. But I appreciate that she has carved out that time. We need to help one another. We need to be a blessing to one another in this area. Because maybe it's the husband. Somebody came to me, I, 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 where do I find the time? I've got this obligation and this obligation. I go to work, come home, and there's no time. I'm exhausted at the end of the day. I try to pray then and fall asleep. I get that. By the way, if you if you if you just talk yourself into I pray when I go to bed, I just fall asleep with the you know the just in the no, you fall asleep in the middle of your prayer. Stop it and find a better time to do it. Because <laughs> I've done that. I've fallen asleep when I prayed. 
Find that time. If you have to figure something out with your spouse or, or, or somewhere, but find the time and get away. Lock yourself away from the world, from others, from the responsibilities. The second thing, essential thing to cultivate a life of secret prayer is this. Shut the door. I'm not, I wasn't very, uh, they don't match as far as letters are concerned, but it says, but when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door. So what do you mean? I'm already locked away. What more? Turn off that brain. How many times, how many of us have struggle with our thoughts in the midst of prayer? I don't know how many times I, I, I begun to pray and my mind begins to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And before long, I'm nowhere near where I was, what I was praying about. And listen, a thought can pop into your head. And I know we just talked about this last week, but, but we, we need to shut off our brain and for, we need to go into it purposely. It doesn't do any good to, to walk in that room with the idea that you're going to pray, but not really be purposed in heart. Go in, purpose yourself that you're going that, that you're going to take this time to pray. Shut off your your phone, take off your watch, whatever you got to do. Lock yourself away and prepare your heart and your mind to seek the face of God. Psalms twenty-seven eight. Go ahead, you can turn there real quickly if you would. Psalm 27, 8 says this, this is when thou saidest, this is David speaking to the Lord, uh, when thou saidest, seeking my face, my heart saith unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not the servant away in anger, thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my, O God of my salvation. We need to prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts to seek God, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 tells us that we are to, to take captive every thought. We're to, we need to, to, to really, and I don't want to say empty your mind uh, because Satan will fill it, but we need, to, we need to captivate the thoughts of our mind. We need to, to go into this purposely and just begin to meditate on the person of God and meditate upon the attributes of God and think, because we'll go in there and we'll get overwhelmed with things. We'll go in there. We won't be prepared. We'll go in there and we'll just, our minds will go in a million different ways because that's just how our minds work. And Satan knows that. And he'll put those little thoughts in our heads. We need to be purposed at heart and prepared. So don't just shut yourself in the room, but take care of the mind and the heart too. We need to be purposed as we seek the Lord in prayer. Shut the door. Seek the Spirit's help. Last week we talked about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. And in that it says we're to pray in the Spirit. Jude chapter 20 also tells us to pray in the Spirit. What, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? It means to allow the Spirit to lead us in prayer. We don't necessarily let a, a list dictate. It means that if I don't know how to do this. God, I need your Spirit to to warm my heart. God, I need you to help me focus my mind. God, I, I can't do this. Listen, God, we have the Holy Spirit within us. So so take this time to, to, to block everything else out and focus and ask the Spirit of God to help you. And guess what? I think we'd be surprised at how much he helps. 
The third essential to cultivating a life of secret prayer is this. Found it, we find it there in verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. Pray to the Father. One of the dangers, and it's not, not, not the things that's listed here, but one of the things that distracts us, as we come into our place of prayer, we come in with a list or our desires or our wants. And we come into and we begin to just run through this. God, give me this, 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 give me this. Listen, we're, if we're not in a spirit of prayer, if we're, if we're not uh, humbly coming before the Lord, and we're not doing this right, what are we doing? We're asking amiss. James says you ask not because you have not, and sometimes we, we have not because we ask amiss. We're asking for the wrong motivation. We're asking in, in the wrong way. And, and sometimes we can just list our, just instead of praying, what we're doing is listing our anxieties and our fears and our problems to ourselves instead of praying and asking for God to deal with it. Uh, how many times have you gone, you, 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 have you come to God and, or you, you've come to an altar or you knelt down and said, God, I need you to take care of this, 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 and you get up and you carry all those things with you and you didn't leave them to the Lord. Philippians 4, 6 says, casting out that we're to, that we're, that we're to be anxious for nothing. Uh, let me read it. because I'm not going to say it right. Philippians chapter 4. Six says, be careful for nothing. That or there you go, not anxious. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, with past all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many times have we come and, and well, I prayed about that, but I just can't seem to, to, to let it go because you never put it down in the first place. Uh, uh, you didn't come into this thing, uh, thinking about who God is and how powerful God is and what God is able to do and, and how he, can, he is the one who protects us. He is the one who saves us. He is the one that does all these things. You didn't spend any time focusing on how good he is and how holy he is and how he answers prayer. And in fact, he can do more than you could ever ask or think. You just got down and said, God, I need to do this, 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 and this. And God didn't answer because you didn't really pray. We need to be very careful when we pray. Remember, we're coming into the very presence of God. And I, I truly believe that what Jesus is saying, saying here, and he, we see it at the very, he says, now pray this way. When you pray, pray this way. And he, what's the first thing they pray for? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He brings honor and praise and glory to God. He, he, it's not just, he's direct, it's not, it's not like he's saying, dear God, it's, it, it's not a, a, I'm just directing this prayer to you. He's praising God for, for his attributes. So, so and, and the other part of this is, and one of the ways that we can do this is read the word when we pray. We, we can't divest the two. We can't pull them apart or separate them. And sometimes people say, well, I'll read the Bible this time and I'll pray at this time. Well, when you're praying, what are we supposed to be praying about the things that God promises us in his word? Right? 
Now, we, now there are certain things, that uh, different needs and things that we can ask for, but our, our, our focus is and our faith is that God will do the things that his word says he'll do. So we can't take the two apart. You want to know, you want to remind yourself about God? Read about him. Where are you going to find that? In the Bible. Uh, well, I, how, I don't know what to thank him for. There's a whole book of stuff we can thank him for. Spend some time in the Word. And I'm not saying you have to read ten chapters or even a whole chapter, but, but spend some time in preparation uh, of your prayer time as, as you're trying to get everything else out of your head, the whole shut the door and, and uh, shut the door behind you, uh, getting everything else out of your head, and put in some of the Word of God, meditating upon the attributes of God, who He is, and to prepare yourself to come into His presence because that's what prayer is. Now, I don't know about you, uh, uh, but I, don't, I wouldn't just run into the boss's office, kick the door open and run in and say, Hey, I want, I want a raise. You, you, you wouldn't run into the president's office, whether you like him or not. You wouldn't just burst your way in and say, Hey, you know what? You deserve, uh, I, I, I demand you give me this, 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 and this. You know, and you certainly wouldn't do that to a king. But yet we'll go before God, we'll come, we'll come into the presence of God, and without even thinking about what we're doing, just start demanding where we should humbly come. Yes, the Bible says boldly. I am thankful that I can boldly enter into the throne, but even with that boldness I have to walk into the room, into God's presence, I also come in with humility. Because I don't deserve to be there. I'm only there because of Jesus. So, practically, have that time, have that place, shut the world out, focus on your mind on the things of God, the promises of God, the attributes of God, and come into his presence and pray to the Father. Set your thoughts upon him. Read word about him. Hebrews 4.16 tells us that we boldly come into the throne room of grace to ask. See, once we come into his, into that throne room, once we enter into it, we can ask. There isn't a form. There, there, there isn't a, a certain pattern of words. And You can study the, the, the model prayer that some, some people call it the Lord's Prayer. You can study that. You can repeat it even if you want. God doesn't need that. He wants to hear from your heart. He wants you to, 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 to worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants you to, to come and rest in his word and rest in his promises. He wants you to come to him and ask. The word pray means to ask. You, you read the model prayer. It tells us to ask for our daily bread. It's talking about the, our provision uh, that we need. But guess what? He already promised to give it to us. But remember, he, he knows what we need before we even ask for it. But he still tells us to ask. Hebrews 4, 7 says that we can come to ask for help in time of need. I don't know about you, but I need help. I need help a lot. Especially spiritually. Guess what? I can come to God and ask for help. I can ask for empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I can ask for leading of the Spirit. I can ask for wisdom in different situations. I can ask for all different things that the Word of God promises me, and I can have faith that He'll give it to me. But listen, it doesn't do good just to do it when I think I need something. We're talking about a 
life of consistent secret prayer. And if we can build up a life of consistent secret prayer where we have a time where we spend every day, listen, the, the, the busier we are, honestly, the more time we should spend in prayer. Uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Martin Luther that said that, said that he would have, uh, that said that the more, the more things he had to do, the more time he would spend in prayer. It's, it's, it's so important for us to, to pray and seek the face of God, letting the Spirit lead us and guide us in that. And that will empower us and help us to be able to pray in public without all the flowery words. Because the truth is, God doesn't need flowery words. He just wants, us, wants to hear from us. Truth is, it doesn't matter what you all think about how, how well I pray. Whether I stutter, whether I say the wrong word, it doesn't matter. God knows my heart. I won't. I won't have to come to him in vain repetition. I, I don't know how many times, and I used to. I, I'm. I, I'm one that's guilty of this, and I don't do it intentionally. Um, but and I'm not the only preacher that does it. And I know there are lots of people that do it. But how many times have you uh, heard somebody say the word God in a prayer? And God, if you could just help me with this, God, I really appreciate it, God. We don't need to do that. I don't say. Troy, can you do this for me, Troy? I really appreciate it, Troy. It's awesome. Troy, you are so awesome. Troy, I just... That would be vain repetition. I'm not saying it's done intentionally. You know why we do that? Because we don't know what to say. But the more we spend alone with God, the more time that we're on our knees in prayer, in his presence, not just reciting a list, not just, but truly in the presence of Almighty God. The closer we get to him, the easier it becomes to talk to him. And the more fruitful it is. You know what it says there? Go into that room, shut the door, and pray to your Father in heaven. And he which seeth in secret will reward thee openly. Hebrews 11.6 says this, uh, Without faith it's impossible to please God, but that we must believe that he is and a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Our prayer life, our, our, our secret prayer life, isn't, uh, isn't to be seen by men, it's to seek the face of God. And God will reward us through answered prayer. God will reward us through blessing in our life. God will reward us, reward us through empowering us with the Spirit. I'll end with this. I've read a lot of books about a lot of old-time preachers. Some of them were well-talented, like Charles Spurgeon. It's called the Prince of Preachers. He, uh, in fact, they, they, they say he was a genius. I don't know what his IQ was, but um, he had a higher understanding of the lang English language than almost, it was like a, a very small percentage of people. He didn't begin to prepare his sermons until Saturday evening, and he would go to bed prepared. 
Now that can come because of his intelligence. I, the, maybe the preparation and the figuring out how to do it all, I guess, but the power came from the Spirit of God, and that came from a life of prayer. D.L. Moody wasn't very intelligent. He was, the, he was the preacher for the common man. He couldn't speak great words of eloquence. In fact, I've read some of his books and some of his messages, and I'm like, well, that's kind of crass and brass. I don't know that I could say that from the pulpit. But we're talking about D.L. Moody. You know what the two men had in common? A lot of time in secret prayer. Listen, you don't need to be a pastor or a preacher to stand behind a pulpit. To, to, to need and require that secret time. It certainly blesses, uh, blesses the time in the pulpit. But man, it'll, it will bless and, and help you to mature and grow in your life as a child of God as you come to grow in your prayer life. And listen, we are, we're all in different places. We're all in different... Um, nobody's in the same place as far as spiritually in a prayer life. But we all have way, we all have the same direction that we need to go, and that's closer and closer to Christ. None of us have achieved that. you got to help us to pray, to learn to pray, to set aside that time, to make that time. I think we'd be surprised at how much we would grow. Sakna Dan, there he is, Sakna Dan Wednesday night, um, before the before the message, and, and uh, I said, you know, I just after the last series, kind of praying about the direction of the messages, and I kind of like having a series or at least a, a thought of which direction I'd like to go. And I said, I'm really just praying about just the basics, getting that foundation of prayer, teaching that. Somebody somebody said. Afterwards, not they weren't part of the conversation. They weren't even here when they when they said it. Said later, man, I really enjoyed the, the messages on prayer. I really just have a desire to pray more. Praise the Lord. I'm not trying to boost anybody's ego, but it, I tell you, it's it's the Lord working because we can do all kinds of ministries. We can have our VBS. Man, what a, what a blessing it was to see everybody that came out to help with VBS. Praise God. I thank God for it. We can have our ministries. We can do this walk with Jesus. 20, 27 families or whatever it is now that outside of our church that are coming close to that. Wow. We can do all of that and more. But if we're not praying or faithful in our prayer life or growing in our prayer life, It'll be a powerless ministry, and we may see success as far as we're concerned, because a lot of people signed up, and a lot of kids came. But nothing will be accomplished for the Lord. May God help us. We're going to close in prayer. Actually, it's just a few minutes of prayer. Um, we don't need any music. Just pray right where you're at. Um, come up front and pray if you'd like. Um, but let's let's spend just a few moments seeking the face of the Lord. Um, after after a couple minutes, I'm going to have uh, Brother Dan, could you close us in prayer? And then I'll have our deacons come up and we'll, we'll get ready for communion.